All right. Are we on? We are ready to go. Oh, good. I'm glad you got me saying that I'll make fun of people all the yeah. time. That's that's cool. Very, very neat. That is going to be on the cold open. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we, our, our first guest was asking, do you do any editing? And I was like, the only editing I can remember is when I say something stupid after the podcast, but it's still rolling, and Josh will put it right at the front so I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And this is our third podcast of the day. <laughs> I feel like we've been doing this all day. We kind of have. Yeah, well, I had <laughs> therapy in there too, so. You did. You did. We talked, we talked with Crystal last time, and uh, she made you cry, and then you had to go immediately to therapy. Oh, man, yeah, it was such To a go good... cry again, and now we're talking again. Yeah, so. and we've got Jay with us. Mm-hmm. And Jay's gonna make me cry Jay, too. So Jay Brabin, first of all, thank you for being here again. Sure. Um, you might be our first repeat guest. Have we had? We, yeah, we've had a couple. Have we? Um, <laughs> AJ and Steven oh, sort right. of came that's twice. Right. That's right. But Several. um, yeah, we rarely have people come back. Only so the best ones. Yeah, it's mm. true. Mm. It's true. Well, the best ones and Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. See, when it's right there, I can't not say it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yeah, thanks for being back. Um, you've, we, you asked us what we were going to talk about today, and the, um, the real answer is I have no freaking idea. Um, we just kind of wanted to hear from you some more because we're not going to get your little pearls of wisdom uh, for very much longer. Um, so why don't we begin... With you telling us um, what you do, or kind of what you did, because um, didn't Journey 3 dissolve? No, it's gotten to the end of the month. Okay, okay. Yeah, tell us a little uh, bit about Journey 3 slash... You've you've actually done a lot here in Portland. (laughs) You've you've had your hands in a lot of things here. Well, um, Journey 3, the name came from... Uh, the Vantage Point 3 discipleship process, which I've been using for quite a few years, used it back in Iowa. Mm. And uh, it was when we were visiting out here, I think in 2009, we would come out here about every year. My wife's family's out here. And and, and I just very, very clearly felt the Lord say, why don't you start a church based on the three questions of the journey, of the Vantage Point 3 process? And three questions are, who is God, and who am I, and what does God want to do through me? So it's kind of a self-discovery um, process, and and I like that because I was beginning to struggle with my leadership in church in general and in larger church and, and administrative things that I really wasn't very good at and, and um, just wanting to be in a more relational ministry, and that's that's what this has been. It's been totally relational and and i i i really liked it it's it's i've always liked things that you can condense um you know i like having just enough tools to do a job i like having church in a backpack which on sunday mornings that's what i you know have done until covid of course but i'd put my computer and a little speaker in the backpack and and head over to rivergate church where we meet and 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 we do church you know that's all i need and and um, 
it's really based on relationships. And, and um, after a while, while we were here, came to uh, the passage in Luke 10, the sending of the 72, and that kind of became a model for, I think, what God wants and wanted to do through us, um, the sending of you know people two by two into mm-hmm. places where Jesus was about to go, and they were to uh, um, preach the message of the kingdom, and they were to uh, um, bring healing of some sort, and and to call disciples, and and um, and they led with peace, and they um, um, there's just several components of that that we've been talking about for about ten years and trying to enact, and and we're not a big group, but I, I just have really seen my little band of of uh, misfit toys. We've been able to. Um, reach other people and bless other people. And, and um, so I, I forget the question, but that's kind of, I don't, I don't know what the question is. I, my memory, David asked the question and he my, forgot it. My yeah. memory goes back like 10 seconds these days. I don't <laughs> like they, people joke about pandemic brain, but I honestly think like, I don't remember being this forgetful ever. Like, I just, I don't remember things. So whatever I asked, I'm sure it was a good question. It was I good. I have no I idea what, <laughs> what um, it was. So with that, though, y- your time in Portland is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unless... And that's where... Unless we can it, figure out how to keep him. Um, I'm going to cry now again. Listeners, <laughs> if you have any ideas for how to um, kidnap keep Jay. people legally... <laughs> Right in. <laughs> yeah. I I guess, Jay, I just want... I am going to cry. Dang it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> no, like you have... We've kind of joked a little bit, but you have in the, in the time you've been here, you've embodied this wisdom, this sage-likeness, um, and really have kind of been our... In, in North Portland... Kind of like what I imagine a Eugene Peterson or a, a Henry Nowen kind of person, um, and you've recently grown your beard out at, at, in the latter part. You so look like Eugene Peterson yeah, looked it really near helps. the end of his life when <laughs> when he grew out his beard. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I just I really really appreciate you know all that you have meant to us and mm-hmm. um, in your wisdom and yeah your your impact is more than you probably realize um so thank you for that but what there now we get the emotional stuff out of the way um thinking of those three questions um who is god who am i and what does god want to do with me or through me um where what are some specific things for you over the last decade where you on that third question specifically um maybe that have been like not what you were expecting necessarily um but how have you seen god kind of use you and work through you in this last season well it's kind of interesting this i've just finished another i mean this is a three-year process this uh the vantage point three process and this past year i've done both on zoom or done year one and year three this past year. Um, didn't have a year two group this past year, but but I've had folks from 
across the country involved in, in the groups. And that's been kind of cool, um, a zoom opportunity, you know, and, but for me, a realization, and it's kind of a, uh, a field of dreams kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm from Iowa, so that, that's a good <laughs> reference, but you know how, what's his name? Ray Kinsella, I think it is, or the, you know, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner role, but he's, he's, uh, he, yeah, he goes by Kevin Costner in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> But he, he's being called to help these different people. Mm. And, and I think that's often, you know, what I see as people go through the process. And what for me as well, as I go through it year after year, is, is thinking about, okay, God, what are you calling me to do and to be? And it's, it usually involves, you know, how, how am I to bless you, God? How am I to bless people around me? How do you want to use my gifts and talents, my story? Um, and I think a realization I'm having, and I had more this year, was God, as I listened to people's different, their vision, or, you know, what they felt their calling was becoming, um, I was starting to see that, you know, that's, that's really what God wants to do to you. You know, your calling is a reflection of what God wants to do to you. So if he wants me to bless people and to love them relationally and help them understand you know, who they are and, and, and how they can shine for him. That's, he's, he's calling me to do that because really, primarily, he wants that me mm. to feel that, to experience that. And, and I think that that's always been a struggle. And I don't, I don't know if it's a pastor struggle, but I, I think it's my struggle is, is struggling to let God love me, mm. to believe that God loves me. And, and wow. without, you know, my output without my um talents or insight or um and i think part of that's aging too there's a real benefit of aging that you're, you're starting to not have some of the same advantages you used to have you know and and, and you can't just rely on being the, the 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 young dynamic leader whatever that means you know and and, and um, you just have to be more and more content being who you are. And eventually, probably, if the Lord wills and you live long enough, you're, you're more and more incapable, unsuccessful. Mm. <laughs> um, and God, I think God just loves it. I think God loves for us to just gradually come back to him and just sit with him and... and um, and anyway, I think that's that's what for me. I, I'm kind of coming full circle with this whole thing. I, I feel like in the field of dreams, you know, and Ray Kinsella coming back and saying, "Well, you know, what's in it for me?" And and you know, the yeah. the baseball player guy speaking kind of for God or for the universe in the movie <laughs> says, "You know, well, is that why you did this?" Well, no. But what's in it for me? You know, and and. Yeah. and and finally, it's here's his dad, you know, and it's 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 all preparing him to receive what he'd been doing for other people. Mm. You know, he, he couldn't receive it until he went through it again and again and again with other people, you know, and, and now you're finally ready. You know, God doesn't need me to do anything. He doesn't need me to start churches or... Um, Isn't that backwards, though, Jay? Shouldn't we... Uh... Like, 
how can we give others? How can we serve others without first, like, I don't know, like, how can you share God's love without experiencing God's love mm-hmm. first, right? Mm-hmm. But you're saying we can't, well, your experience is that, like, you're coming to this place where you're experiencing God's love because you have shown God's love to others. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think that's, that's, I mean, that's Scripture, isn't it? You know, we're blessed to be a blessing. That's, that's the covenant with Abraham. You know, I'll bless you and make you a blessing. And, and so, yeah, that's true. And I think it is true. But it's kind of like at a deeper level... And by the way, you really won't, you're not going to experience the full blessing um, because you, you can't, you, you just, you won't believe it. You won't receive it. I don't think God's holding anything back. It, it's, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know who's, who, which wise person said it's about the presence of God. It's not that we need to get into it. We're always in it. You know, we just need to be aware of it and accept it and, and, um, I think it's kind of like that with God's love, you know. It's mm. I I I have barriers in me that prevent me from accepting and receiving God's love and he's just been taking those down over the years and I've got a ways to go. You know? So do you feel do you feel more loved by God right now than ever in your life? I think I'm more more believing it. Mm. You know. I mean, I've felt it in real ways, but I just, I still, when God does something, you know, just amazing again for me, I, I feel, I feel guilty. I feel silly. I feel, I start thinking of people that, you know, have such struggle in their life, you know, and I think, well, oh, why, why are you doing this for me? I, I'm, I was, I, I, yeah, you know, I was, I was way above baseline, and those people are, you know, struggling so much, and yeah. Um, I, man, I just I I'm so fascinated by this conversation, um, especially because I I have a pretty low self esteem. Let's just get that out of the way. Like that's that's a thing. I know it. It's there. Um, but I've heard, and especially over the last six plus years that I've been here, um, but I've heard my whole life, I wish you would, um, understand and recognize how loved you are by God without it being because of the things that you do. Um, and I've like I don't I don't know if that's like something to work at or something that will come or something that may never come. And I'm fascinated to hear someone like you who's been basically a lifelong minister and someone I've looked up to in terms of like spiritual leadership for years now. Um, to say very similar things, uh, like, is this, is this something you've like trying to, um, accept or understand your belovedness? Is that something you've, 
worked at, some sort of spiritual practice you've had, or is it something you're just sort of awakening to and recognizing? Like, what is that? And is that something that comes more just from age, or is it something that, um, I don't know, I feel like it's been used as a bludgeon stick against me, and I I don't think I'm the only 30-something minister who's felt like Mm -hmm. my belovedness is due to my output. Like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of a common thing. Yeah. Well, it, and it's, you know, part of when when people write their narratives in in the in in the journey process, which is the year 1 of the vantage point 3 process, um often people your age, it it's you know, there's a stage where you're 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 proving your competency. And it's it's necessary. You know, you don't know you know, you, you have a sense of gifts and, you know, and, but until you go out and do things with those gifts, you don't know fully what your gifts are. And I, and I think that's a God honoring thing to do is to show, okay, I'm going to show my, I'm going to show God and myself that I am competent in, in things like whatever it is. That's a good, that's not a bad thing. I think that's where, but it's where we get confused that we're doing that to, to impress God. I think he, he's loving it. Like like a parent watching their you know daughter at t-ball or something, he's loving it. Um, but it's it's more for what it does in in us. I was terrible yeah. at t-ball. Um, it's no, you can't is... you can't be terrible. At t-ball. No, I was. I missed the ball. <laughs> I hit the tee. Well, yeah, um, but so the ball moved, didn't it? What does that say about my uh, output as an adult? If if this is like God watching me play t-ball. Am I am I fouling at life as he much claps, as I foul? He claps his hands as you hit the tee, and he good says, jo- good, "Good job, good David. Try, uh, take your base. I just want you off off the mound because this is embarrassing, <laughs> or off the plate. The mound is the pitcher's mound, right? Which is unused in t-ball. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Do they put someone on the pitcher's mound? Yeah, in a fielder usually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a soccer guy, so this whole baseball <laughs> thing I think is the devil's sport. So it's <laughs> God's yeah. really disappointed that you chose baseball. The devil loves baseball, Josh Hawk. <laughs> um, no, that's yeah, that's good. And how I like that. That like God. I mean, God finds joy in that, you know, mm-hmm. and I think God is probably, I don't know, if we didn't do anything, if we didn't explore the competency, the gifts, the things that, and even just experiment, you know, like, I feel like, like, all right, should I go left or right? And God just saying like, yeah, mm-hmm. you just, <laughs> just, sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Hit the T. <laughs> yeah, just. that's fine. But. <laughs> But you went out there and you tried it, you know, and and uh, and so there is that joy. Um, but this notion that that we have to please God, that we have to impress mm-hmm. God, um, yeah. Well, he, he's, you know, in in the um, I don't remember the name. What what's the name of that thing that that lays out the scriptures for each week that I use the, all the time? The lectionary. Yeah, there you go, yeah. lectionary. Um, I, this, this past week, I think in first John, it, it, in John, you know, loves love. He talks about love a lot and and he calls himself the disciple of Jesus loved, you know, but he's, he's writing about what is love. You know, love is to keep his commands. 
And then real quick, just in case, you know, us legalists get carried away with that, he says, but, but his, his commands are not burdensome. They're not mm. burdensome. And, and I'm sure he's thinking of Jesus, and he was there when Jesus um, said, come to me, you know, all you who are heavy, heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. It's, mm. My yoke is easy. It, it's, this is how you're designed. This, you're just doing, you know, you, when, you, when you listen to me and follow me, you're doing what I've designed you to do. And, and you're going to find that so fun and easy and, and lovable. Mm. Um, and you're going to love yourself more, and and and, um, and, and you know again that it takes it takes years of doing it. I think to to more and more believe that. Mm. I for me, you know, for me, belief only comes as I over time, you know. Mm. Wow, oh, so good. Um, what? You've been here 10 years? It'll be 11 this summer. 11 yeah. this yeah. summer. Um, what are you taking away from your time here? Because you were, uh, when we talked last time, we we discussed, like, on paper, you were a very accomplished church planner, church leader in Iowa. And then, and then you came here and started a much smaller thing mm-hmm. um, because God would... God was calling you here, and um, at least I I don't want to put words in your mouth. What I remember you saying was you don't feel like you were doing more or less effective ministry here. It was just very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you going to be taking away from here back to Iowa um, from your time here, either experientially mm-hmm. or learning or what? I think the thing in, in, I think the 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 message that God wants to bring through me is, and it, it's an it's it's my statement that I finish my emails with every weekday. You are the light of the world, hmm. which I I kind of fell into that a few years ago, and almost not sure why I was saying it. Um, because it's kind of a, I think, a, a strange statement of Jesus. You know, I, I'm much more comfortable with him saying, I am the light of the world, which he said. Yeah. But then he kind of says, you are the light of the world. And, and um, But people, ordinary believers believing that, I think that's that's the key. And I think that's the whole point of the sending of the 72, and maybe we talked about this in the last podcast, is, is I, I just love that picture because in Luke nine, he sends the 12 out, you know, on basically the same mission, two by two go out and, you know, and, and, and preach and heal, and they come back and they're all excited. And, and there's the others, probably the 72, who traveled with them. And I, I can just picture them when they sent the 12 thinking, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, you got to have, you got to have your key leaders. He's training them, you know, he, they're going to, you know, any movement, you got to have some people that you can really count on. They're, you know, they've got, I can see their leadership skills, you know, and, and um, we're, you know, we're here to pray and support, you know, and, and, and maybe invite people occasionally. And, and um, but, but, you know, you, I'm sure there's just a hint of, you know, uh, I wonder why I didn't make that group, 
you know. <laughs> well, then they come back, and then Jesus turns around and said, okay, everybody else, mm. same thing. And, oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean that, you know, when, when I was thinking about that. And, uh, but now they go out, and they go out two by two, and you can't, you can't not be involved when there's just two of you. Yeah. You know, you go to the village, <laughs> someone takes you in, you know, and we're, we're supposed to lead with peace. He said, we're supposed to say peace to this house, you know, and, and then you look for someone who responds in peace and you, okay, well, let's go stay with them. And now their grandma's sick. And Jesus said, okay, I guess we're supposed to heal. So we go over and we <laughs> lay hands on and in the name of... Our Lord Jesus, you know. Where's Peter? Come we on, pray. Man. I hope and, this works. And yeah, <laughs> truly, and yeah. I, you know, and, and I, yeah, I've had those experiences and and of praying over someone and totally not believing it and seeing God work and and yeah. but you can't those those couples came back um, knowing that God that Jesus works through them, and I think He wanted to implant that. Mm in that fellowship that it's everybody it's everybody it's not you mm. some of you aren't second team some of you aren't you're just here to invite them to get them to hear the the really killer worship band and the 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 preachers so that if i can just mm. get them to church that's you know that's not the strategy nothing wrong with inviting people to church but that's the strategy is every person in their relationships shining for jesus and he will work through them and and then when they come to a fellowship, it's like, oh, well, this is there's more people like you. <laughs> wow, yeah. this is really more than I thought. And yeah, so anyway, I, I think that the shining that each person is meant to shine for Jesus, and for people to believe that, and and you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to. I, I just saw something this morning I thought was good about. Um, the point is not that that we are to be a spark that changes the world. It's we're we're to be something like a light that's faithful in our world or something. You know, it, I mean, God may use people in their relationships, and and they may reach in some significant way that they can see two people in their lifetime. Mm. Um, probably be, they'll contribute to more than that, but but if everybody did that. I mean, this this is how this I think this whole Christian movement is supposed to work is relationships. Yeah, two at a time. That was a couple episodes ago with Ken where he shared like he said, was it earth shattering? Um, oh yeah, and like tr- this idea of like yeah we we think Christians need to be this transformative force in the world. And the book he's writing is like nothing special. Yeah, pretty nothing special, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, mostly nothing mostly special. Mostly nothing special. Yeah, but his yeah his whole point was, I'm not built for earth shattering. And you know when you think about it, not many folks are. And that's not to knock. It's to knock some of the ones who are, but like because there are some people who use power for evil but there are very few who are going to impact the world in a huge noticeable way that they themselves notice Mm -hmm. 
right? Like if you if you think about your own story, when I think about my own story, some of the most formative people in my life um, don't know where I am or what I'm doing right now. Mm. Um, yeah. The two people that originally yeah. um, pushed me into ministry, I don't remember their names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and nor um, are they aware that I ever moved in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like that's... And and I think most folks have a pretty similar story where, um, like most folks who have a testimony of whatever kind, um, there's someone who just was unaware mm-hmm. and is still unaware at the impact they have, or they're dead. That happens a lot too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, people, sometimes people's lives change because of what you did after you die. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think about um, the impacts you could be having that you're never going to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh... disappointing. To... <laughs> I'm trying to think if, 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 <laughs> if I was talking with you about this earlier or if, if who that was, but uh, um... I, I don't have a long memory, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean the the picture of, of of you know Jesus in John fifteen in, in um, producing fruit, you know yeah. we want to produce more fruit. So do we grit our teeth and try to produce fruit? No, the the whole point you know of John fifteen is is remain in me. You know we we don't produce fruit. We we remain in Jesus. All we're called to do in in John fifteen is is remain, figure out what that means, pay attention to him, you know, um, open our lives to him, figure out what are the practices that help me to uh, remain in Jesus. Yeah. And and, um, and he he's the one that shines. He's the one that produces fruit. You know, I, I'm not... It, 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 he'll show me what that means. He'll do it. There'll be no power otherwise. Um, and I, I've seen that. I, I saw that early in my campus ministry career, I, I tried to, I went and helped with a uh, campus-wide mission at the University of North Carolina. Um, they had a, I was with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at the time, and they had a large InterVarsity group at UNC, and and they invited a, uh, a speaker to come and, and give evening evangelistic talks. Well, they had connections. They invited Billy Graham. Mm. And this is in the '80s, and so you know, Billy Graham was a big deal, and 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 he came and gave talks, and then they had, they had an open air street preacher, and 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 uh, they just had these. They put us staff that were coming in from around the country, and we all stayed. I stayed in a, um, a fraternity, you know, um, with with a couple of the Christian guys, and then we got to know some of their friends, and um, that was kind of fun because the. the None of the guys went to any of the talks by Billy Graham, but we'd come we'd come back each night from from the the big you know the talk they had in the big basketball arena there, and we'd come back and we'd sit in the kitchen and you know eat the snacks left over, and then the guys would come into the kitchen and say, "So what Billy talk about tonight?" And we just we'd do it over, you know, and, and um, it was pretty cool. But so what you're saying is you're basically equal to Billy Graham. You gave his talk. I shook his hand. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. he, 
transferred his right. power to you yeah. so you could then give your talks to like a small succession to a right? small group of frat yeah. guys. No, what I was trying to say with all that was that I, I got so excited about that model of doing a, like a week long campus mission that I went back to my campus in Iowa and I had some good leaders and I thought, okay, it's time to do it. So I mm. pushed really hard and we did it the next year. And it was, you know, we got a good speaker, not Billy Graham, but a good, thoughtful, um, a very scholarly, but but very a good speaker. Um, and we had a we had an open air preacher, and we had brought staff in, um, and it just didn't have much of an impact, I don't think. Really? Um, I just think I just I just saw fruit that had been produced by students praying and looking to God and calling out to him and, and remaining in him. And he led them to this thing. Mm. And then I just took it and I thought, I'm going to make fruit happen. I'm going to hothouse this thing and, and we're going to have fruit back on my campus. And, and I pushed it through and, and, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't, I'm sure God used it somehow. Cause he, mm. he, you know, most of the time he's just got to deal with us in whatever <laughs> state we're at, you know, and, and, and he'll work cause he's gracious, you know, but, I that was a good lesson for me. I just thought, you know, that's yeah. If he if he did nothing else, you, he, like it taught you mm-hmm. a pretty good lesson. I heard you said make fruit happen. Um, uh, I my one of my favorite writers of all time, Sky Jatani. He used to lead Leadership Journal, and he he talked about he he was ripping to shreds all Christian bumper stickers. He's like they're all terrible, but he said there was one he saw. It was actually homemade by a friend um, that just said fruit happens. And <laughs> <laughs> he was like, that's biblical. It's yep. short. And uh, it's it's to the point. You don't you can't make fruit happen. Fruit will just happen mm-hmm. um, when you are attached to the vine, like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I that is such a I, I would say rookie mistake. It's a it's a very common youth pastor thing mm-hmm. and and they tried to like with group and youth specialties and all these groups um they they kind of tried to push that sort of thing where like this is what you do um mm-hmm. this is what was effective mm-hmm. so do it this way yeah and whether or not you read whether or not you followed group or youth specialties or whatever like um taking what works and repackaging yeah. it exactly in your context is just something every mm-hmm. single youth pastor does and it almost never works out well, not the way that you dream pastor but that's the model of church that yeah. No, that's true oh, yeah. yeah yeah 40 days to x or <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah and that that's the thing is is god doesn't repeat stuff very much you well know. and and shouldn't if you talk about like what you, the entirety of our conversation last time you were on was about how what you did in Iowa couldn't be replicated here because this mm-hmm. is a different area, different culture, different feel entirely. Like, you're not going to come in to North Portland and start a giant church. Unless you're Tim Keller. No. <laughs> Did Josh tell you that story? He uh, so. he he went into a church planners conference, and um, after this leader, yeah, I mean, you tell the story better. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll call. He 
he doesn't know who we are. So Chuck Bomar at Colossae um, was, uh, yeah, leading um, leading this church planters thing. And I got invited by by one of the church planters here in North Portland, Terrell One, and um, Palau. Kevin Palau was helping facilitate this luncheon, and and so Chuck is like going through all of the how you're supposed to plant a church, you know, mm-hmm. and like once you reach a hundred people, then you've got to change your leadership structure and change things. And then once you hit 250 and 500 and then all these metrics, you know, how everything, and it, it's worked for him, you know, like he's Colossus has a, a great reach. Um, but you know, being me, I like, um, do you think geography has anything to play in that? And, um, because I've not, I've not seen it in mm-hmm. North Portland, you know, like I think Portland itself is unique. Um, but I think North Portland then even more so. And, and I made the statement cause I make bold outlandish statements. Sometimes <laughs> I said, I, I would bet that Tim Keller could come plant a church in North Portland and it wouldn't grow beyond a few hundred people. No, and you said Tim Keller couldn't plant a church over a hundred people. I think you said he probably was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and which is chuck, I mean, chuck is shaking his head he's like no if tim keller did you know like absolutely but kevin who actually you know no i think knows our context a bit more was kind of curious and struck by that you know like and there is it's like yeah I, that's that, that's fascinating like yeah. there is something we were talking with who who was one of the former pastor people here that we had lunch with who's uh, teaching he was the president at the seminary. What seminary? What your seminary? Emmanuel. Oh, oh, uh, Leroy Lawson. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he was what? saying, and like I was sh- sharing about some like grandiose ideas, you know, of like growing a big church and saving every, saving all of North Portland. And he's like in St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leroy. Um, Leroy, for context, was a youth pastor here in like the fifties or sixties. <laughs> um. And uh, when he went to NCC, he's he was the president of Hope International University at one point, and he um, he grew two churches to over forty five hundred just accidentally, like he wasn't trying. He he's he's blown up churches into huge numbers, and yet he was also like, no, no, St. John's is not the place that <laughs> 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 you're gonna do that. Yeah, which is. Which is interesting and fascinating, kind of fits with this whole conversation we've been having. Like, um, God oh. does different things in different places mm-hmm. and doesn't replicate certain things in certain areas. And you could walk away. I'm not talking specifically to you, Jay. I would say the same thing to myself. You could easily walk away from ministry in North Portland and feel like an absolute failure. If you're mm-hmm. if you're going by normal church metrics, because no one has had a church. Well, there's one maybe in the past twenty years that looked pretty successful, and yet it sort of fell apart after he left. So, <laughs> like, well, and, and you know, and, and I I think you're right. I mean, God God loves variety, and he'll he'll do whatever he wants. And I I know there are very good big churches in certain places in the country and, and um but I I I question the the goal to seek to be a big church. 
Um, I think if if you're see, if you're doing, if you seek to empower people to shine for Jesus relationally, and and that ends up you become a big church and you're doing that, I think that's great. But I think we warehouse people. You know, people mm. they're sitting there, they feel like they're all right. I'm I'm doing. I'm being thrilled by this music and this large worship service, and I'm going home, and, and uh, I don't know anybody, and nobody knows me, and, and I, I, I don't know. There, there's Again, that's not all big churches, but that, that's a lot, yeah. I think, and I, I, I'd, you know, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd tend to want to see five churches of of a hundred rather than one church of 500. But, but again, that's just me. And, you know, you can't make a blanket statement like I just made. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to look at how oh, to compare our fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so hard. Um, and not to be envious, you know, like, ah. Uh, You've got strawberries. I really like strawberries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, here, I'm an avocado or something, you know, like, or my trees producing avocados. And, like, yeah, I just wish it was sweeter. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, I wish, or, like, I, Oregon strawberries are usually pretty small, I think, you know, and um, are different. They're different variances. And so, like, the smaller strawberries aren't any less of a fruit than the big mm-hmm. strawberries. Yeah. Um, they're just different varieties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're the smaller strawberry, you're like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I, I want to be a big strawberry, or I want to yeah. not. I don't want to be, but I want to produce right. big strawberries too. And don't don't you? And again, I you know I I'm just judging off my own experience, and and um, so it's very different for different people. But um, I feel like God has for me, gave me an opportunity to grow in my competency to a certain point and then said, okay, you believe me now, don't you? <laughs> you know, do you believe me now? Okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. Not that what you were doing wasn't important, because it was very important, and it was very God-honoring, and, and that church has gone on to be a better church even than when I was there, I think. And, but um, now I want you to do something. And you can't rely on, like you say, you, you don't understand my economy. I think that's what God says to us all the time. You don't understand. Uh, like right now, I, you know, we're still doing worship in Zoom, and that's how we're going to end. Well, we're going to have one more in person. Right last, last Sunday in May, we'll be in person, but that's, that'll be our last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's on Zoom. Everybody, not a lot, but um, but I have one lady who uh, Alice who who doesn't do internet and doesn't you know and she just she doesn't like to go somewhere else to see it and and so I I type up my message notes and I mail them to her every week and that's and I just I feel really I feel honored to do it. Huh. And I, I I always think of that that this is this is just as important mm-hmm. as recording a message for five hundred people in God's because mm-hmm. it's God's economy. If God says this is what I want you to do, that's 
that's totally equal. There, that's where you know the one, the sheep, you know the ninety-nine. It, it's uh, we still don't understand that. You know that's right. he doesn't need us if he want. He mm. he might have ninety-nine shepherds or a hundred shepherds that he's going to reach those hundred. Another another time he's got two. It he does what he wants, and you know, <laughs> do you believe me? He's he, I think he's huh. saying that all the time. Do you believe me? Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Have have you ever read? First of all, when you type up sermon, that's amazing. You can't make an offhanded joke about your co-pastor in a sermon you're typing up and mailing in the mail. So that's that's a disappointment there, right? Like, if I typed up my sermon from last week and sent it to someone who's a shut-in, I couldn't make fun of Josh in that one. It wouldn't make sense. But you could be more strategic and intentional about doing it. I could do that. Um, what... What you're saying reminds me so much. Uh, like 15 years ago, I read Phil Vischer's book. Did you ever read that? He's the guy that made Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. I haven't and, read it, no. And he, uh, it's a, still, I think, a great book. He talks about the whole story of like having this dream, starting it, um, building big idea up to this huge thing, and then. Um, the whole thing going under and big idea going bankrupt. We, and should, him. we should ask him to be on the podcast. He might do it. <laughs> he should. That would be kind of cool, actually. Um, uh, but he, uh, he, like the the company got bankrupt. He got ousted, and um, and then he basically like wore a cone of shame for yeah. a very long time. Like, um, uh, Christian organizations were writing him and telling him you um, failed miserably and like disappointed God in the way you led this organization. And his last couple of chapters were so like, the story is fascinating. And then in the last couple of chapters, he does a lot of soul searching. And um, his big question he asks is what happens when God gives you a dream and then that dream gets taken away mm-hmm. or when God gives you something uh, that you're holding to, and then that is all of a sudden gone. Mm-hmm. And um, he he spent a long time going through experiencing God, reading, um, and and whatnot. And what God kept telling him in that time, if I'm remembering exactly, was, "I don't need you. I want you." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he was realizing, like, I. The world, the the children of America don't need me to save them. Mm-hmm. Families in America don't need me to save them, even though I was trying to be the alternative to your MTV generation. Um, and what you're saying uh, rings so true mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. The whole I don't need you, I want you message. Yeah. And, I, you know, some of the most powerful people that have been sort of, you know, what we would consider big impact people have been brought into it kicking and screaming, you know, and, right. and, and they, you know, God says, no, I'm, I'm going to have you be a spokesperson and, you know, and in the nation or something. And, and, um, you know, so it, it, if you, you know, believing God is, is okay. What, what, I'm just going to remain in you and, 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 uh, you, you are going to open doors and show me what you want. And, and, uh, um, I'll, I'll accept that. And, and I think it, I think s- some people are, are quicker to accept it. 
um, than I was. Mm. <laughs> I think sure. I, I struggled with it longer, but yeah. Well, Jay, um, as you look towards this next season of your life, what are you looking forward to? I think, uh, um, not having to hear from you much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I do this. That's just hurtful. <laughs> I, I don't mean, I, I really, I, really like you. <laughs> I I know. That's why you do it. I don't know why yeah. you're just my go-to punching bag. I set you up. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, time with Barb and, and, and this actually the last 10 years has been really good for us. We've been in ministry together a lot. Um, she's a professor at, at the University of Portland in nursing and retiring here in a week and, and just had a wonderful career. And, and some of her students have been involved at different times in our church and, um, she's, done a lot of teaching, um, theology of suffering course. She's co-taught that for years with a, a, a great lady, Rebecca, who's uh, in the theology department there. And, and, and um, she's really had a big impact, and, and she's had a big impact with me, with the people you know that we work with at Journey 3 Church. And, and um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and I've, I've told her that... I don't know if we need to go on a guided retreat or something after we retire and just go and just be and just listen, you know, and, and, and look to God and, and wonder, you know, what, what he's got next. And it may be just, just, we may just be resting in him for a while. Um, I am wanting to continue with my, my zoom vantage point three groups you know, now that I've done that on, on Zoom and, and, and um, I can see, you know, that can, how we can keep doing that. I can do that in Alaska, you know, with our son up there and his family or do that in Iowa or do that in our RV somewhere in Oregon. And um, those are all places we want to spend a lot of time. So, um, I, you know, we, we'll look for a church to tie in with. Um, and uh, I don't know what kind of church that'll be yet, having talked down the big church, we'll probably end up in a big church. <laughs> God will that'll, that'll get a chuckle out of that, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, um, you know, you're talking about church leaders needing, you know, to not just um, youth workers, and but, you know, pastors. I, I, I've had a, a, a longtime friend who was my coach, and now we're, I think, just friends up in Seattle, and we, we Skype pretty much weekly. Um, Dave Bartels, he, he runs the, the River um, Group or River Foundation, but he, he does leadership coaching for pastors, just a deep, good guy. But he, he's helped me, and, and a lot of the pastors he works with are young pastors kind of moving into ministry who want to, you know, want to change the world and feel this pressure. They've got to make something happen, um, and their, their leaders want to make something happen, or they're looking to them to make something happen. And and Dave is continually telling them, tell your leaders they need to go listen to God. We all need to listen to God, and then let's talk about what he's telling us. You know, and I love that strategy. There's, there's a strategy for church. Call leaders together. Let's all listen to God, and then let's talk about what he's saying. You oh, know, wow. that, that's, uh, 
um, what does that mean? You know, and, and, and I, I just think that's powerful. Um, that's incredible. And it's, it's not like, it's the opposite of what most people who would read a church leadership book are looking for, mm-hmm. because you're, you're looking for something with proven results, right? And listen to God is so much more, quite frankly, spiritual and Jesus-like, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus going off when people needed him most to go pray and, and be with God. Um, but the, the difficult thing in teaching that or putting that into practice is what's going to be the outcome? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what God's going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And so I think there's more to benefit the church from that kind of a strategy. Mm-hmm. And I also, um, I'd be surprised if a lot of churches took it on. Well, you, you think about, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's hard to make a f- three-year plan or five-year plan based on that, you know, and, and, and um, but you think about how God has worked through leaders in scripture. Yeah. You know, and you got Gideon in the wine press and no clue, you know, yeah. what God was going to call him to do. And Moses, you know, walking up to the burning bush and, and mm. Abram, you know, just doing his thing in Haran. And, you know, and, and I mean, that's that's how those are the pictures are Mary, you know. And I mean, all these people, they had no clue what God was going to mm. have them do. Gideon um, is my... Um, uh, church leadership um uh person in scripture because he um everyone else he made everyone else leave mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm pretty good at that i found <laughs> yeah well i yeah God came out that. came out good for him what jury's still out on <laughs> me but we'll see um well jay thank you for your wisdom thank you for your friendship jay mm-hmm. like for real it's um it's been so great knowing you and having you here and um it's surreal that you won't be constantly around but um it it's times like this when people are moving away that like I have a love hate relationship with the internet and social media, but I'm grateful for it at times mm-hmm. like this. Um, because it means when we're apart, we're not actually necessarily apart. Um, mm-hmm. so don't get mad at the internet and ghost it. And mm-hmm. I will try not to either. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited for you guys and, and just watching, your process as you, because I, I think it's been a lot of angst, you know, that's that's led the two of you together, you know, and angst in your own situations, and and um, and, and then that's, angst because we're together. Well, and that, yeah. you know, it, it's yeah. <laughs> angst from our churches toward us. Well, it, it's you know, and and that's I mean, again, you know, yeah. read your Bible. I mean, that's yeah. there's that's there's anxiety, there's struggle, mm. there's things are not right. What are we supposed to do? You know, and then God, you know, says, "Okay, now you're ready." You know, and and, and it's no judgment that you didn't do it before. You weren't ready. He didn't. Right. He didn't have you or the setting or something was not ready. Mm-hmm. And, and now, he'll reveal it, and now you take a step. And and I, 
I'm excited. I mean, I'm talking up St. John's Church with my people, and, and we just Sunday, we just talked about next steps for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and because I want them to tie in with, with churches, you know, and, and, and um, so hopefully... Well, get some well folks I mean, your way. we'd love if they'd like at all to be a part of what we're doing. Um, we'll piss them off at some point, I'm sure, because we just do that to people. <laughs> but David's um, a bad salesman. I'm a bad salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Josh is a really good one, and I feel like you just um, you got together with. Uh, pastor who's not on the same wavelength <laughs> at all it works you know i invite him to church and then david's <laughs> makes him leave. do, do you watch you watch any andy griffith shows yeah oh boy the, the one with i don't remember the name but the the, the salesman traveling sale and he, he's just so bad at it and he's just you know he, people he shows people things and they say oh i might buy that and he's oh well you you don't need to buy that you don't it's you, you don't don't do it just to help me you know that I mean, sounds he, like me <laughs> entirely oh uh, don't no don't you know what just have it for free yeah i don't you don't need it's okay <laughs> um, i'm so self-conscious about everything uh well jay thanks so much for being here um you're on facebook anything else if people want to find you um, journey three, like if people want to find him, just build it and he will come. Way to bring us back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go to a cornfield in Iowa. Dubuque, Iowa. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> then build a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't think this metaphor will work for too long. <laughs> I mean, if a, if a baseball stadium was built, near Des Moines, you'd probably at least check it out. Especially the if there the were kids field. playing T-ball at it. Terribly. <laughs> there. We're, we're trying to loop in everything that we talked about mm. into one. Uh, this is how professional podcasters do it. I impressive. hear. We've yeah. been at this for like four years and have never once made a dollar from this. <laughs> we, we don't know how to do so it. So we are amateurs. <laughs> Our... Our podcast is sponsored by nobody. <laughs> but if Go you'd t- like to be a sponsor. <laughs> if you want to be a sponsor, we will take your money. Um, if we, hopefully we support your, what you're doing in the world. Um, but anyway, uh, for the answer, I'm David. <laughs> and I'm Josh. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>